Welcome to the Bliss Seekers Podcast. Our podcast is intended to inspire people to discover their true purpose and follow their bliss. We're on every major platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. Please make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification bell. Thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast and please enjoy the show. I would say that all those actions, I no longer have pride in them. I feel shame like yeah. that I lack the self-control or I lack the awareness to like walk away like I was in a dysfunctional uh, emotional state mm -hmm. and uh, I was depressed like right. I was you know trying to uh, medicate myself with alcohol mm -hmm. and uh, I would say that uh, you know in retrospect I was just depressed and I was unhappy I wanted everybody else to feel it How do you feel now that you're not on the nicotine products? Do you feel like more energized, stronger? Initially, I felt uh, very erratic, you know, kind of like emotionally erratic, like mm -hmm. going through withdrawals, withdrawals and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, now, I feel, you know, more limber, a little bit less. Uh, I remember, like, let's say if I'm going to smoke like a blunt, like I'm mm -hmm. out and about and I smoke a blunt, I can taste or feel the effect of the tobacco right away i okay. abstain from any any tobacco or nicotine products now yeah i won't in, in i won't engage yeah no, no blunts no spliffs no tobacco period <laughs> nothing that reminds you of that that kind of stuff yeah yeah but and it's funny too because you mentioned uh well weed cannabis mm -hmm. cannabis is actually a medicine it's not it's right. not it's not a drug it's not i mean nicotine and alcohol kill more people every single year than, yeah. than cannabis does you know what i mean than right. weed We've made it a re such a recreational type plant now, but it, it's always been more like a med medicinal type type deal. If you use properly, properly, right? Yeah. But now no one's using it properly. Everyone's just THCing it up. And I think some people do use it properly, like uh, like I know that edibles are big. Yeah, uh, the CBD. And I mean, like honestly, like if you're smoking blunts, it's because you're addicted to nicotine. Right. Right. If you're like, oh, I love smoking blunts, you're addicted to nicotine. Yeah. If you say, oh, I prefer spliffs, then you're addicted to nicotine. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm not a proponent of edibles. I think they make you sleep in too much. I'm not even really a proponent of marijuana because it, in my perspective, uh, makes you lazy. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you mentioned how I got so fit or whatever. I just uh, became fully committed to, you know, martial arts and seeing the success of my gym i had business partners when i first opened they didn't approve of me doing martial arts or competing in martial arts so they stopped then i picked up a bouncing job i had my uh, gym bouncing kid fighting the whole deal i'd be like sleeping six hours maybe seven hours a night waking up training clients 6 a.m to 10 a.m go train over at the gym from like 11 to you know two o'clock some days i would ride my bike back yeah i got rid of my truck i used to live so once i opened my gym i got a house within two minutes i had a two minute walk okay from my house to the gym so i just sold my truck and then uh when i got back into martial arts i would either get a ride with people that i trained with people would come and pick me up and take me or i would ride my bike to light rail and to go light rail mm. And so just trying to, you know, all my, any money that I earned, I would bounce anything that I earned extra income all went into my gym. Wow. I would go fight and then pay off my bills with the fighting proceeds. 
and my initial thought was that you can make more money doing the the fight than bouncing for that one evening so it's a better investment of my time yeah, yeah. so it seems like you kind of uh, you structured your life so that you were always having to be active like riding your bike everywhere close to the gym so everything was focused and, and so you mentioned let's talk about that you're a family man right correct yeah so you're married and how many kids do you have i have three children so you have three children so yeah. you definitely are a family man yeah, right? five five three one yeah so how, how where did that come about because you know oh, how um, did i have children no be becoming a family man you know what i mean right <laughs> i think we all know how the children come about right. but, yeah <laughs> so how long have you been married uh well i'm not technically married but oh, i have no. have been with my uh my significant other for maybe I want to say 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So long-term relationship. Yeah. yeah we, I've been in a long-term relationship for, for 10 years plus. Yeah. The same woman. And, yeah. the, and the kids? Uh, my children are five, three, and one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had my son October 19th, 2015. Okay. I would say that his birth was a catalyst to me uh, pursuing my full potential. Okay. You know, pursuing my potential. Uh you know, two years, every two years I've been having children. So I'm due for another one, but <laughs> my wife's what, what not, wife, she's, she's, not wife? she's not pregnant. So I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> is your wife on board with you about having another one? Nah, she doesn't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just have to, you know, help make them and take care of them, but they have mm-hmm. to carry them and birth them and all that. Yeah. Kind and of there's stuff. lots of different, uh, say hormonal changes and things like that. Yeah. That women have to go through. So, I think that uh, I think three is good. Yeah, and and so you also said you said your your first child was was kind of a catalyst, a spark. So did mm-hmm. it give you kind of like a purpose, like something bigger, greater than you, to achieve things? Because they uh, say that's kind of what happens, right? Like I, I've never had kids. I want right. kids, you know. But they say like when you hold it the first time, yeah, does was, that really stuff happen? I mean, I felt undeserving mm-hmm. of something like so beautiful to be really? bestowed on me. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And, Honestly, and so are your kids. So, your 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 oldest is is a boy. Correct. correct? Are yeah. they all boys, girls? No, I have a boy and two girls. Two oh, boys, okay. So. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, got lucky, right, for the the boy to protect yeah. them or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, boys and girls. It's a very special children. So is your boy kind of like you? Is he is he like big into sports? Is he athletic? I would say that he has uh, qualities that are are like me but he's not like a super super jock okay. kind of guy he likes karate uh-huh. like uh we have him in jujitsu currently knox gym i would advocate going to check it out mm-hmm. uh, josh thompson he's a world champion they have a, a fantastic kids program i also do fitness at that place i do fitness at knox and dark horse gym okay so i do have some fitness things available that's for later on in our conversation but yeah so let me ask you because you did mention uh would you, you, you said you rec- recommend jujitsu for kids, right? I uh, mean, I, I, I would recommend a variety of activities to, uh, say, develop well-rounded athletes okay. is what I would say. But also, too, I, I think I do agree with you on, with jujitsu, too, because, it, it, I mean, martial arts teaches discipline. It mm-hmm. also teaches you self-defense. You know right. what I mean? Cause you know how kids are, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if, if you can't defend yourself, they're going to pick on you, bully you. Right. And if, if you can defend yourself, if you're taught the discipline and all that, then you're not going to really just go around yeah. and beating little kids, beating everybody up. Right. 
And then also too, um, so with jujitsu, you can kind of avoid fights, you know, and so right. to speak, right? Like damage, like you know. I mean, in theory, right? Like it depends on I would say the school, right? Uh, if you know everything was my way, and my son's only five, so there's lots of time, right? But I think that uh, I would advocate, you know, gymnastics for yeah. ch- for children, wrestling for children. Uh, learning how to say grab and control someone mm-hmm. uh jiu is good because then you're using body leverage or mechanics to kind of avoid injury like you said like uh avoid uh the strength or power of mm-hmm. people uh boxing you know if if someone were to ask me what what's the number one thing i should do for self-defense i would say learn how to run fast you know do some track yeah. <laughs> Make sure that you're uh you know nice and limber and then boxing. Like yeah. if you want to like catastrophically impact somebody, shock them and then be able to get away, blam. You yeah. know, boxing boxing is good. Like I said track is good. Like let's say self defense, like if they can't catch you, that's a, <laughs> the best best form of self defense. Yeah, so the best way to win the fight is to avoid it, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. If you're just not engaged, yeah, I think that's probably the best thing. Yeah. And and so, you know, you're fighting, you're part of AKA now, which, you know, they're big here in the South Bay, right? And they've trained right. many, you know, the, the most famous, you know, right. champions in yeah. UFC. Uh, tell us a little bit about AKA. How'd you get involved with AKA? You know, how's that experience been like? Well, it's, uh, I have a few experiences with AKA, right? So I was, came back, I had just come back from Washington State. And I had this, in retrospect, I had like a real big ego, mm-hmm. right? I was upset that it didn't work out for me up in Washington. I thought that, you know. The chip on your shoulder. Yeah. yeah. So I, I emailed a bunch of fight gyms here. Frank Shamrock's gym was still uh, existed in San yeah. Jose. And then AK, and I emailed them. And I asked like, oh, can I get a tryout? I want to come in. I was a state you know, qualifying wrestler, took second in this, da, 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 was an all-American linebacker, blah, 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 blah. So I go there, <clears throat> and I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't know any submissions. I didn't yeah. know how to pass guard. I didn't know anything. I got submitted. They had me go with Luke Rockhold, you know, the first wow. the first time. <laughs> and he was only like a purple belt at the time and was just beginning his martial arts career. Yeah. I got submitted a bunch of times, and then I thought it was stupid, and I was like, oh, I just would have power-bombed him on his head, and yeah. this is stupid. <laughs> So I didn't go back. I was like, nah, fuck that. Yeah. And then I was like more more proactively pursuing playing football again. Okay. So then... Was I, that when the Wolves came about? Uh, I would say maybe a year after that okay. is when the Wolves came around. And so then I tried out for the Wolves, did the Wolves thing. Uh, when I went away from Washington, I re-enrolled in West Valley, got the prereqs to transfer to Cal State East Bay to mm-hmm. pursue my kinesiology degree Mm -hmm. and then so i did the wolves got my degree uh after the wolves my buddy joe who isaac knows he would be at the gym and kind of talk trash like oh yeah i go to aka i'm gonna do kickboxing and i can beat you up and this and that (laughs) and i like had a reputation at that time as being like a street fighter yeah you know, in my own mind, I thought I was like <laughs> Billy Badass Street Fighter. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go there too. Yeah. And so I went there and then like there was an MMA class uh-huh. 
and I destroyed all my friends because my wrestling was so much better. Right. So I like my friends didn't wrestle in high school, didn't have any wrestling base. They're like talking all this trash. I went to the class, destroyed my friends, <laughs> and they're like, "Wow, you know, like you're pretty, pretty, pretty beast. You know, you should come yeah. come with us and wrestle." I was like, "Great, I will." And so I went and wrestled. This is when uh, Kane was fight, getting ready to fight Brock Lesnar. Okay. So I got into the wrestling room and the grappling, the grappling days when Kane was preparing to fight Brock Lesnar. So wow. way, way back when. And then so uh, one thing led to another. And then I was like, okay, well, now I'm ready to spar. So I was like thinking that I was good, ready to spar. I went, the first person I ever sparred was Daniel Cormier. <laughs> My and, uh, so, so wait, your first jujitsu was Rockhold, and right. your first sparring was Cormier, two, right. two future champions. Right. And then, uh, I mean, in retrospect, the jujitsu thing, I should have been more humble. I should have mm -hmm. been, been willing to learn. They didn't say never come back. They didn't say that you suck. They just said, you don't know anything. Mm -hmm. You need to take some classes and like learn some basics and fundamentals, and then you can try it later. Right. You know, I did eventually try later years later i went back and then i sparred with uh dc and then i got so tired you know tried i tried to like knock him out like we're you know you're really fighting yeah you are really fighting i got so tired uh and then for whatever reason couldn't finish even one round because i gassed out you know it's my first time yeah. ever totally Cardio. gassed out I did some positive things, you know, like I tried to kick him and like was not afraid to fight. I'm not afraid to fight people. Yeah. And then again, I went back again later. Uh, and uh, I guess I just kept going Yeah. You know, after that, after I sparred and did well in my perspective. Like I've never had an experience where I feel I should never go back mm -hmm. and never do it again. You feel like you're kind of in your lane, like this is where you belong it's just going to take some more work and some more experience. i always felt that i was uh good enough to keep getting better and good enough to perform and good enough to like you know uh make a living put maybe out of it but uh for whatever reason i've always had detours you mm -hmm. know there's other there's other things in my life that you know are are more meaningful to me i guess than you know martial arts or whatever right and so I just want to touch on something. You said you like you were not afraid. I mean, at the time when you sparred with Cormier, was he like a champion yet, or was he still coming up the ranks too? He was, say, like a NC2A standout wrestler. He was an Olympic standout wrestler. He yeah. was a professional martial arts person at that time, you know, active pro. Yeah. Uh, but he was still beginning. You know, right. it takes quite some time to develop you know, your striking and how to, how to mesh the whole game together. Yeah. And because I'm in my perspective, a hyper athlete, I've always been into, you know, strength and power and, uh, explosive activities. I thought that I did well enough to continue. I just thought I needed to polish, be polished. Yeah. Do you think someone who's not a hyper athlete can excel in martial arts if they work hard enough? Or do you think athleticism actually gives you like a like an edge? I think that uh, you know, martial arts or self defense has a prerequisite of a certain level of athleticism. Okay, you know there is a prerequisite. Uh, I wouldn't say that Johnny off the street, you know, 
Mr. Sedentary or whatever getting off the couch is going to perform well in a fighting situation. I mean, will they improve if they start to do martial arts? A hundred percent. I mean, right. if you begin to be more healthful and you do the prerequisites, you know, fulfill your prerequisites, i.e., you know, go to bed on time, drink enough water, uh, lift weights or do some type of healthful activities. And then on top of it, acquire skill. Mm-hmm. You can be better than you were. I mean, not everyone has what it takes to be a professional fighter. Right. Not everybody has what it takes to be a champion. Yeah. But I think that everybody can improve their their overall health and wellness and confidence level, et cetera, with martial arts. So what about having that mean streak? Because, you know, fighting is, you have to be kind of like a little crazy, I would say. Like a little... I would me- say callous Yeah, is a better, better yeah, word. Yeah. Um, well, you think that helps fighters at all? Like if they've, maybe their whole life have been kind of like fighters or kind of like... I think that uh, it's almost a natural evolution. You okay. know, if you know, you've grown up fighting or whatever, or say if you take pride in your fighting ability, you know, I think that that's a natural segue for a lot of people. Like, like I said previously in our, in our thing, I thought that I was like Billy Badass. Yeah. So when I was playing football over at Los Gatos, I played fullback and linebacker, which are... Uh, at that school, you know, in my perception, those are like the man yeah. does that. And the man who does that goes both ways. Like if you play fullback and you play linebacker and you start both ways, you're the man. Yeah. And like you're hella tough. So I remember like I fought other dudes from other teams. Uh, <laughs> like we had a track meet at Los Gatos one time. And I remember some guy from another football team was looking at our football practice. And so I was like, hey, come down over here. You know, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> and then so he came down, and then I did. And I was like, okay. And there was like, you go to the party, and then everyone's like, hey, hey, kick these people out. Do this, do that. And in retrospect, it's foolish, but I took a lot of pride in, like, being that, you know, hyper alpha person. Yeah. You know, I'm going to fight this person. You know, I think, to be honest, like, I think uh, the UFC, uh, the mixed martial arts leagues, gave those type of personalities a venue to channel all that maybe toughness, anger, aggression, where normally, like you said, they'd probably end up in jail or on the street or hurt or whatever. Now they can actually turn it into a productive career Mm -hmm. and and a purpose, you know, uh, and and channel all that aggression. Like when I came back or I mean, like when I was playing football, I played linebacker at West Valley, but I would always be fighting my teammates. Uh, when I played on the Wolves, fighting teammates. Yeah, I remember we, that. We had like a huge, crazy brawl over at uh, the indoor soccer place. Yeah. Over <laughs> off the wall soccer in Santa Clara. That. I think there was uh, helmets flying and stuff. Yeah, it was, I mean, in retrospect, it's crazy. It's like crazy behavior. Yeah. But I would always be fighting. Like, go out, boom, bar fight, go here, fight, you know, fighting all the time. Yeah. So, speaking of that, real quick. Uh, do you have any like crazy or what? what's your most memorable street fighting story that you remember? I don't necessarily feel comfortable like talking about all these like, you know, heinous crimes that I've committed. <laughs> but uh, one that probably won't uh, indict you or like you yeah, know, get like, you in trouble. I would say that all those actions, I no longer have pride 
in them, I feel shame. Like yeah. that I lack the self control or I lack the awareness to like walk away like I was in a dysfunctional uh emotional state mm -hmm. and uh I was depressed. Like right. I was, you know, trying to uh medicate myself with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And uh I would say that uh you know, in retrospect, I was just depressed and I was unhappy. I wanted everybody else to feel it. Yeah. You know, you know, you're, you're pretty in touch with your emotions and with yourself, you right. know, and I don't know if that's martial arts has brought that out of you. You mentioned earlier about you saying you're a very sensitive person and I know a fighter, I mean, anybody would have a tough time or maybe they wouldn't so openly admit that. Right. Is there something that you've, like maybe some breakthroughs you've made or some things that have happened in the last couple of years where you've accepted like who you are and your, your emotions. And do you think that helps you? Do you think that hurts you being sensitive? Yeah. I think that, uh, acknowledging like how sensitive I am or was at one point has made me like more aware so that I'm not as sensitive. I don't right. take things as personally. Yeah. Like uh, somebody mentioned that they perceived me to be a person who gets road rage all the time. Okay. Like, oh, you probably get road rage. And I was like completely baffled that they would think that. <laughs> <laughs> but I understand like, you know, I think that lots of people have emotional issues or whatever, but, you know, it all stems, stems from like dysfunctional, uh, dysfunction. Yeah. You know, trauma. You know, I'm, I would say that I've had trauma, experienced trauma, you know? Yeah. We've all had in some one way or another, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so was there anything that you were exposed to young, young that caused you to maybe turn to fighting? Like was, you know, you well, had role models when you were younger that were fighters or was it just kind of the football thing? I mean... I always liked it. I was always, uh, you know, kind of drawn to it. I saw fighting, like uh, kickboxing and stuff like that as a youth. Uh, but kind of, I think, what really sent me over the edge, like become more willing to engage in that type of combat, was when my father died. Okay. Yeah. So that was kind of like the catalyst. Yeah, big time. Okay. And so now, you know, you're, you're at AKA, you're a fighter. I mm -hmm. mean, 2020 was kind of a weird year for... Yeah all sports period yeah. you know what i mean mm -hmm. but now they're coming back and you know we just had some big ufc fights like the mcgregor poirier yeah three was huge which didn't end the way i would like to end you know yeah but um you know let's talk about i i, I want your perspective on something like that like so uh, so in a previous podcast we talked about mcgregor and ronda rousey so right. both of them had like meteoric rises mm -hmm. in combat sports they seemed somewhat invincible, like, you know, mm. um, and then all of a sudden something happens, you know, Rousey gets knocked out, which no one ever saw that coming. And yeah. she had, she never was the same since McGregor, you know, I don't know if it was the money or if it was the comfort or what it was, but I mean, he hasn't been the same since he started doing all this other stuff. Right. Uh, and then he just snapped his leg, which was a gruesome injury, you know? Yeah. So, Let's talk about that. Like, what's your opinion on that? Do you think it's like a confidence thing? Do you think it's as being a fighter and as probably knowing some of these people or seeing, you know, what they go through, what mm -hmm. you guys go through on a daily basis? You know what I mean? What do you think happened in those instances? 
Well, I think with Ronda Rousey, right, I think that uh, now that I know more of martial arts technique or skill acquisition, I would say that the coach that she had potentially taught her the wrong, you know, uh, the wrong techniques. Okay. Uh, They didn't develop her striking. I think that a lot of times people rely on their strength Mm -hmm. and not uh, be open to even the fact or the possibility to uh, become more well-rounded. Like, uh, let's say, Conor McGregor's big thing is that his grappling is not as developed as like his striking, right? Uh, mm-hmm. What Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz submitted him, mm-hmm. and everybody was so surprised. Uh, Nate Diaz wasn't surprised, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nate Diaz is crazy. <laughs> right. I like him. He's a, he's uh, kind of like you, another street fighter, always kind of tough guy. I mean, I wouldn't say that we're even comparable. I'm like went to Los Gatos. I'm from Los Gatos, right? <laughs> <laughs> kind of the so, same, but different. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> But, Not the two oh nine, but yeah. Uh, I think that just like complacency. complacency. I think complacency kills you. I think uh, like if you're not willing to continue continuously put in work, or if you're not hungry to keep going, I think that a lot of times, like uh, Khabib just mentioned, that the life of an athlete is like the life of a prisoner. You know, training, resting, training, resting, training, resting. I think a lot of times people get burnt out on those things. Uh, I've been lucky, like in my perception, that I've been able to kind of do it in seasons. Mm -hmm. Like I've had like maybe three fights, then I'll take a year off. Or like a few fights. I've never been under contract or obligated to perform. Okay. Like nobody's ever been saying you got to fight three months and then three months later you got to fight again then this and that, like it's an aspect of my life. Uh, it consumes my existence, you know, my martial arts, mm-hmm. uh, my pursuit of uh, improving myself. Uh, but there's so many things that go into being successful martial artists. Like if if I'm not sleeping, if I can't sleep you know, six to eight hours a day, then I'm not going to be able to perform. If you don't have enough money to, you know, feed yourself well, you're not going to perform. Yeah. Uh, if you have too much, you know, too much leisure, too much, yes. uh, too much fun. I'm, I'm not even going to say fun, but just if, if your surroundings become too soft, it right. will soften you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, being a professional, anything takes work. You know what I mean? It takes dedication, takes commitment, takes takes a lot. Yeah. Especially a a, a type of career that demands physical ability yeah. too. You know what I mean? So let's t- let's talk about your career, because um, you know, from what I've seen, seen mm-hmm. you know you through social media and stuff, you started as like a, a a grappler, and then I see now you've developed your striking. Right. Was it kind of like purposely done that way because you had a background in in wrestling? Or or did you just that was like your strength and you focus on it in the beginning, uh, and did you master your craft like you're talking about, or right. you, did you always have both skills that just kind of ended up that way? Well, I've always been, uh, you know, a contact kind of individual. Individual, like uh, I did wrestle, but then I was also uh, more drawn to the grappling aspect of mixed martial arts because I felt as though I could excel in that manner. I was generally like larger 
like strong strength wise and you know uh than than the other people in the gyms. So in your weight to. classes, you were stronger naturally than people in the same weight class. Correct. So like if you look at some of my first fights, uh, generally like I would just go fast and grab them and throw them down or try to get them, you know, submit them quickly. Uh, as I've like progressed, I realized that there's so many limits on like how hard you can go at a certain time. Like no matter what type of shape that you're in, if you go on the, on the track and try to sprint 400 meters, you're going to be totally exhausted by the end of 400 meters. Right. doesn't matter how good a shape you think that you're in or how good of shape that you are in. If you don't learn how to pace yourself within those 400 meters, by the end of the 400 meters, you're going to be toast. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Like, it doesn't matter how good a shape you're in. At the end of five minutes, you know, five-minute rounds, if you're trying to go as hard as you can, like max effort deadlift, five minutes, you're going to gas out. Yeah. Uh, So I would say one of the big things in terms of like rounding out my my martial arts game, I picked up a boxing coach or a striking coach. His name's Clint Cornell. He's a local guy. He went to uh, Prospect High School. Okay. Uh, He fought... uh, underneath uh, Frank Shamrock he's in the grappling for dummies book he's like a well-known figure here in in San Jose as well uh but he totally changed my life and uh you know has gotten me to the point where I can continue this into my 30s like I think that I'm I'm somewhat of an anomaly yeah uh you know I don't know if very many 35 year old martial arts people yeah I don't know if very many people my age like on the uh you know, on the way up, on the regional scene. Like, I guess I am still on the way up. I feel as though, you know, cause I don't necessarily want to compare myself to other people. I want to compare myself to myself. Right. Like there's some things that I would like to see, uh, improved in my own, my own game or my own standing. Like I'm not satisfied with what I've achieved in my martial arts journey. There's some things that I still want to do. I'd like to get a black belt in, in jujitsu. You know, I've, been detoured i've detoured myself for a multitude of reasons Mm -hmm. i got my purple belt in 2012 wow you know i've been i'm a what 10 year 10 year purple belt (laughs) uh you know i don't focus on my my gi jujitsu my grappling enough to be promoted i'm I'm good i'm a good grappler but i could be be better more technical 100 percent uh are you gonna pursue that that is one of my pursuits. I mean, I, I got into grappling. I'm like, wow, I'm really good. I could, you know, get a black belt. And then I went to jujitsu every single day, you know, twice a day, always in the gi, always this, always that. My striking, uh, I neglected my striking to pursue my jujitsu. Right. I'm not going to say like neglected it, but I was more of a grappling person mm-hmm. than I was a striker uh, over the course of, say, the last three and a half years working with Clint or like, becoming more open to uh skill acquisition as opposed to just like oh i'm tough i'm gonna go fight this person right you know i understand that there's such a technical aspect of it that it's almost an unending pursuit of knowledge right you know and then also in combination with fitness or with sports performance because i i perceive myself I was a fitness guy first you know i got into fitness first before any martial arts so i perceive uh, you know, myself as a strength coach, I should be able to figure out techniques to improve the aspects of my game. Like, how do I improve my mobility 
how do I improve my movement, how do I improve the effectiveness of my striking or my pacing, etc. It's just kind of a uh, unending pursuit right. of different skill, different knowledge. So where, where where's your goals now? What's your focus now for, for your fighting career? Uh, well, my fighting, I would like to, my intention, mm-hmm. so... It's kind of a secret, right? It's not that big of a deal. It's not yeah. that big of a secret. But I had an ACL reconstruction in 2020, wow. uh, September 1st, 2020. I was going to be fighting May 9th of 2020. Prior to that, I tore my ACL. Oof. And then uh, I was going to fight anyways. You uh-huh. know, no big deal. Right? No big deal. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I got the surgery. And then uh, I plan on, you know, climbing the ranks quickly like catastrophic wins or nothing right like walk through these people by the end of the year i want to be in the ufc or at least contender series some some place up my game and then 2022 fight of the year those are my intentions like i didn't get i didn't go get a surgery i didn't lay in bed i didn't crutch myself around for weeks and like walk around with this leg and hear people talk shit you're too old this and that to, to not see it to completion yeah I, that's not going to to stop me yeah. you know this acl acl from acl you know it's no big deal <laughs> we're coming back harder and faster than ever nowadays that injury if it's done if the surgery is done correctly you can come back stronger and faster 100 percent. that used to be like a career ending injury i mean i would say it still is a career ending injury like really? i would say if you don't do things right like that's one of the catalyst for me stopping nicotine use. Yeah. You know, I think that my nicotine use, my lack of accountability led to me having this issue or contributing to it at least. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't help you. The more accountable you are, the more strict you can be with yourself, the, the better your life is going to be, you yeah. know, uh, in theory. Yeah. And so, so now you're focused you want to you want to get back you want to just yeah run through people i didn't shut my gym down for no reason yeah i didn't get a, a surgery for no reason yeah so you're a man on a mission now 100 percent. yeah well i'm excited for you like i mean i've watched you since the wolves obviously i met you through yeah. indoor football right you were young I, we were both young i was a lot a little older than you <laughs> yeah. but we were both young and you know I seen because you know, and I spent the last ten years in a successful organization, and I and I just see people who do things and people who don't do things, right? Like right. some people go on one path and they don't do anything. But I've always seen you kind of like achieve what you set your mind to. Yeah. You know what I mean? You have like, to. Well, like we, I I have to. Yeah. I choose to. Yeah. And it seems like you got that chip on your shoulder again. Like mm-hmm. it's been like throughout your whole life, right? It's like right. You start achieving, something happens, the chip goes back. No no quit, never quit, right? Right. Yeah, so I've seen you go, if it's not like your gym, it's your family. Now it's, you know, mixed martial arts, which to be honest, like you have to be some sort of a great athlete to be able to do this in your 30s, number one, and then also to be able to compete at the highest levels, you know? Right. Um, and so I'm excited for you, you know what I mean? And that's why I really wanted you on the show because I seen I seen you you rising, you know. Yeah. And life is never a straight line, you know. Like the movies make it seem like 
you know, you're here, yeah. you're, then you're here, and it just goes a straight line, you're successful. No, it's kind of like that squiggly line type of meme thing. You know what I mean? Right. You have to, you almost have to ignore everybody else just to, uh, and believe in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself and you listen to all the naysayers, you're not going to get anything. I mean, shortly after my ACL, this is kind of a, a touchy subject, but shortly after I had my surgery, I was, uh, you know, what is it called when you're convalescing? I was convalescing at my in-law's house, <laughs> right? And then my father-in-law, he's like, what would your father say? Ooh. I'm like laying there. Whoa. He's like, hey, man, what would your father say? And it's like, it's a sensitive subject, but right. it's like, what would my father say, you know? I mean, I'd probably say, keep going. Yeah. Don't listen to these haters and naysayers. You have to do it. Wow. You know, follow your dreams. Don't ever quit. Yeah, that's exciting. And that's kind of the whole purpose of this podcast is I want to inspire people to find their true purpose and mm -hmm. follow their bliss, we say. But bliss, dreams, highest excitement, because what is life if you're not doing what you were put on this earth to do? Right. And obviously combat sports and, and, and that, that competition right. and aggression has always been a part of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for as long as you can remember, you know what I mean? Right. As long as you could actually start to do it, right? And you also kind of were attracted to it. So I feel like God or whatever you believe the universe planted that inside right. of you. Like this is kind of like like tugging you like this is where you need to be. So I'm excited, man. Like I'm excited. You know, you're you're one person that I know that is pursuing their purpose. And I know it's not easy, especially having a family and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's, it's more difficult. You know, it, was, it means anything's difficult, but it's not as easy. Right. Right. Um, but. I, I see, I, I feel like you have the potential to do everything that you want to do, you know? Uh, uh, so now it's just no quit. It's just go, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, and I mean, also say like, because I have doubts, yeah. you know, I'm not uh, without doubts. I do, you know, struggle with, you know, the, what my my perception of myself, my perception of my abilities, my uh, my belief system. There's lots of things that, you know, I question. But uh, what if the most amazing thing ever happens? Yeah. You know, what if all your dreams come true? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you have two ways to look at it. You could look at the worst that can happen or you could look at the best that can happen. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, obviously, if you put in the work, you know, you, you, you do your job and, and you believe, then, then everything most likely will work out. You know what I mean? And like you said, you said something um, earlier. You said... You know, well, the quote goes, everybody in the world can believe in you, but if you don't believe in yourself, you're done, right? right. Nobody can believe in you. Absolutely nobody can believe in you. But if you believe in yourself, then at least you have a, sh a shot, yeah. right? So I'm excited for you, man. I, I can't wait. I can't wait till I'm ordering UFC and you're you're on the card. You know what I mean? Um, anything else you want to uh, talk about or, or mention before we wrap it up? Not off the top of my head, but... If you are in San Jose, stay tuned for uh, a new a new fitness experience. I plan to be opening some type of uh, all inclusive membership package for for overachievers. Okay. And uh, type A, type A types. <laughs> so it's going to be the alpha alpha male gym in there. Uh, alpha person. Alpha person. There you go. Because yeah. there's some some alphas. Uh, there's alphas everywhere, right? That's right. Okay, so we will actually, um, if whenever you get that information, we'll leave it in the description below. Right? Awesome. 
But Ivan, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, I, like I said, I look forward to your success. I look forward to your your family getting bigger and growing, and right. and uh, maybe we'll have you on in the future when you're a UFC champion and and uh, we'll and your dreams come true. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, man. Hey, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. If you're new to the channel, please subscribe. Make sure you hit that like button and the notification bell. And uh, as always, follow your bliss. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Our goal, as always, is to become the number one podcast in the world. And